Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. In today's episode of Bristopia, we take a look at the latest news stories in the city, from RPZs to foggy bridges to speeding mayors. We also have an interview with a jazz musician that plays a very unusual instrument. And finally, we talk to a guy that thinks we watch too many good films. Though if you were to think bad films were the answer, you'd be wrong. Find out more later on. But first, this... Well, all right. Local interest. City living. Pressure points. Totter down. Parking crisis. Quinoa. Encouchment areas. Hello, my name's Andy Price and welcome to episode 2 of Bristopia. This is the show where we will be exploring Bristol. I'll be talking to a few choice residents while we also cover what's happening in and around the city. But first, as always, let's take a quick look at what's been happening over the last few weeks. The Colston Hall has been given a £5 million boost in funding from the government after it requested money for renovation. Following the grant, venue bosses suddenly remembered they already built a new entrance just a few years ago and will instead give the money back to the public in the form of a brand new initiative called Fivers for All. It's been revealed that funds from the highly unpopular residential parking zone will be funnelled into other council projects, such as a plan to remove roads entirely from the city or a new scheme that enforces a Chinese burn on each Bristol resident that dares to turn on a tap before 11am. In health news, a former consultant at Southmead Hospital started an affair with a kidney patient after she took off her top for a medical examination. Said the consultant, yeah, I have a fetish for internal organs. What's yours? Breasts? Foggy Bridge Mania has hit Bristol like a moist mist as part of an art installation, fog was pumped out over Perrow's Bridge on the harbour side. It's like appearing on stars in their eyes with every commute, said one man, except instead of an applauding audience at the end, you just emerge to the sad realisation that your dreams have already died. Depressing news in the property market, Shelter has surveyed potential house buyers in Bristol and found an increasing number will have to wait until they're in their 30s or 40s to own their own house. Incidentally, this roughly correlates to how old they'll be at their parents' expected life expectancy. I mean, that's not really a joke. That's just an observation. Houses are expensive. George Ferguson was fined for speeding on the portway. Ferguson has apologised for the incident, though he was secretly relieved that the mobile camera had not also caught him smoking at the wheel or flicking the Vs at passing cyclists. Rail commuters travelling on first Great Western trains are among the least satisfied with their service, according to a report by Consumer Association which... Alternative Consumer Association Wizard reports the train to Hogwarts is considerably better. And finally, local listings and entertainment group Time Out has opened up an operation in Bristol. Some are concerned that the company, which is valued at £20 million, are asking the city's local blogging network to submit content without payment, instead working for the exposure. Bloggers were later relieved to find that one local writer had benefited from the deal, exchanging the 10 retweets he received from his latest article for a modest two-bedroom flat in the Bishopston area. 
Welcome back. Now, the city is currently gearing up for the Bristol International Jazz and Blues Festival 2015 in March. It'll take place at the Colson Hall, but some are up in arms about the last-minute inclusion of one act, Bobby Goldstack. In the studio to talk about why is Bobby Goldstack. Hi, Bobby. Well, sir, how are you doing? Very well, Bobby. Now, as a former grade 8 decorated bassoonist, I've been following this story closely. Other musicians mm-hmm. that are taking part in the festival, such as Jimmy Delsonberry and Don Cloverland, have said things like, he's no right Don. being here, and he sounds like a man blowing a raspberry on a baby's belly. It's safe to say that some aren't happy about you being on the bill. In your own words, why are they so against your appearance? Oh, I don't know, but um, jealousy, I guess. I, I, I used to play with those boys back in the day, and they were all like, oh, your lips are, your lips are far too soft, yeah. You can't play that. Like, I like strawberry jelly on a on a cinnamon roll, or or like a, like a donkey on a waffle. They called me the donkey, the waffle donkey. Why? Because when I played, I was all like, so like, right, right. So you're a you're a trumpeter. Um, I believe you're going to play us some stuff later. Where's your instrument? It's right here, but it's right there. You you're pointing to your mouth. Yeah, like. It's a mouth trumpet. That's a telephone. Uh, <laughs> well, I guess I, I kind of see. Uh, wow, okay. Well, I mean, can you kind of see where they're coming from, your former bandmates? What do you mean? I'm not not really on the same page. Well, like, is that even a proper instrument? But you can't talk to me like that. I've had two hit records. Two. 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 Not just one. Like I... a common... A commoner. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to offend you. Two, you don't, you don't have two hit records by chance, right? No, uh, sir. You can, you can jam one out and get away with it. Two, oh. Well, I mean, what about Jimmy and Don? They're seasoned musicians, right? What do they play? Well, the thigh slap. The thigh slap. The thigh slap. And Jimmy played the ping pong. The ping pong. Yeah, but the ping pong, you know. I can't do it. Obviously, that's why I'm. I play the mouth trumpet, don't. Don't go up to, you know, Shakira, Shakira and say, oh, give us a go on the xylophone, Shakira. What you are know? you talking about? Give us a bit of xylophone. She's like, no, no. And Shakira's like, no, I I play the... You don't, you don't, you don't, you just don't ask. Okay, so you guys used to be in a band and you played the uh, the jazz. The jazz? What were you called? The Richard Reed Shoes Explosion. Like the shoe bomber? All right, so... What they're actually mad about has nothing to do with the fact that you don't play a real instrument. Oh, come on, son. What did I tell you? All right, so why don't they want you to play at the festival? They they didn't like it because I had a very distinct style. And I wouldn't budge. I, I had solid gold in my hands. And you can't polish a gold turd because that's not how diamonds work. You're right. It's not. Uh, so what didn't they like about your style? They thought it was a bit uh, Tom Jonesy. Which, you know, that's, I, that's racist, isn't it? Ah, interesting. All right, um, okay, in what way? Can you give us a quick blast on the um, the old mouth trumpet? Oh, 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 all right. Oh, sure thing, okay. <coughs> all right, I mean, I can kind of see their point here. Um, all right, all right, I, I got another one. It's okay. definitely... An original. All right, go ahead. Seriously. 
I mean, really, can't you hear that? Don't you make me do what I did to Jimmy. What did you do to Jimmy? I shoved my mouth trumpet so far down his throat. I had to play our last concert, kissing him on the bum. <laughs> what? From the inside. Jesus Christ. I mean, it wasn't really the outcome I was hoping for, but it's safe to say he hated it at, at least as much as me. Well, that goes without saying. And he didn't have to floss afterwards. Jesus. Okay, moving on. Uh, are you working on any new material? Oh, definitely. Great. <laughs> All that time, but... All right, let's hear some. Try this one on for size. All right. Pretty good. I'm liking this. Hang on. That's talking heads, right? Tom Jones did a cover of that song. Bobby? Maybe. All right, I get it. So tell me, why have you been away for so long? I went on a musician's retreat in the foothills of the Andes. You should go there and be right at home. Very good, Bobby. Very good. I met a man that helped me connect with myself. I fell into a deep, meditative state. I was essentially asleep for 14 years. How bad was your morning breath? Oh, yes, sir. It smelled like a rabbit's pyjamas. A rabbit's pyjamas? Well, they, they famously shit themselves constantly throughout the night. So terrified they are of the twilight. All right, well, um, okay. Uh, so somehow you do have fans out there, and some are calling for a shoes explosion reunion. Seeing as you're all there, uh, are they going to be disappointed? Tell me. I don't know, but I, uh, I think when they hear my new material, they'll, they'll be just fine. Well, they're going to just have to wait a little longer for that. Uh, I actually have a clip from the old days here when you guys played together. Can we play that instead? Oh, oh sure. Go, go right ahead. All right, everybody. This is the Richard Reed Shoes Explosion. Jesus Christ, Bobby, what the hell was that? And where did the other guys come from? Oh, there was another guy, but nobody liked him. Bobby Goldstack, everybody.
This episode, we're adding a brand new segment to our show. Bristol has a wide range of up-and-coming artists, comedians, painters, poets and barbershop quartets. And though we were surprised to find that MacDaddies are yet to assemble a musical ensemble, we do have a local poet, Ellen Waddell, who will be reading a brand new piece titled A Dog's Tears. Wallace sits weeping. His life is a sham. Gromit sits nearby and wants to touch this man. For there is no dog basket sitting in their house. They like to share a bed and call each other spouse. Gromit wants to tell the world and asks, give this dog a bone. But Wallace shakes his head sadly and uses his disappointed tone. You must be a good dog and do as I please, always keeping our secret whilst wolfing down cheese. Gromit cannot take it any more and threatens to jump from a ledge, masturbating furiously whilst crying onto a big cheese wedge. Wallace tries to coax him down with gentle words of love, but Gromit thinks their coupling is something to be proud of. You do not love me, Gromit cries before jumping from the roof, but he is a dog, so roughly translated, it goes woof, 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 woof. Thanks, Helen. And where are you from? Bristol. Wonderful. And how old are you? Fourteen. And what a sad poem. Is it about your dog? No. Ellen, fourteen from Bristol, with a poem about her dog. Have a lifelike round of applause. Every episode, our American intern exchange student, Justin Crockler, goes out into the heart of Bristol to talk to the people. Last month, he talked to the owners of a brand new porridge cafe, whereas this month, he's talking to a man. Justin. Meet Gavin. Gavin has an average job. I teach chemistry in a secondary school. An average face... I'm often told I look like Philip Schofield if he'd been put in a microwave. He's of average height. Oh, about five foot eight on a good day. And his penis? Well, as you can see, it's, it's about four inches. Which is average. I know because my ex-wife told me that anything longer than an IKEA pencil is unnecessary and just showing off. Gavin, like many other Bristolians, is, well, average. I prefer to call myself ambitiously challenged. Average Gavin was happy with his place in the world, firmly in the middle of the heap. He never felt the need to prance about on stage, order off menu, have a high-flying job, or even start a podcast just to feel like he was doing something with his life. He was fine being fine. And by fine, I don't mean fine. I mean fine. Like the Hobbit films. They were, you know, fine. Until one fateful day. My girlfriend suggested we do something obscene, like eat dessert first or open the door in our underwear. So I broke up with her. I couldn't handle that kind of impulsiveness, but 
I had some time on my hands, so I started catching up on a few box sets and movies, stuff like that. Uh, I was watching Breaking Bad, and at first I was like, wow, this is incredible, this guy. Walter White, he's just like me, living an ordinary life. It's incredible. He wakes up, I do that. He wears mustard-coloured trousers. I've got six pairs. He teaches chemistry, just like me. He has a face, mine's right here, and a pretty nice moustache. Check out my lip hat. He owns a penis. I can show you mine again if you'd like. Uh, that won't be necessary, Gavin. Anyway, I remember thinking how refreshing it was to see a normal man being normal. And then I got past the first 20 minutes. According to Gavin, this is where the show went wrong. I mean, what the fuck? The guy gets cancer and becomes a drug lord. It felt so unnecessary. I could have watched him eat dinner and go to bed at 10pm and wear beige all day. But Hollywood said no. This is boring. We've got to make him do something crazy. And how did that make you feel? Upset, Justin. Upset. And a bit gassy. All of a sudden, it was just like... It wasn't good enough to be me. Like, my life was lacking somehow. So he moved on to House of Cards. Did you think I'd forgotten you? Orange is the New Black. What'd you do, bomb an abortion clinic? All the Marvel and DC movies. This is my bargain, you mewling quim. Twilight. Well, you are my life now. Yeah. High School Musical. Mission Impossible and Finding Nemo. It was a turbulent weekend. But with every viewing, he sunk deeper, deeper into a quagmire of depression and anger. I was outraged. None of these things represented who I was, told my story, my neighbor's story, my friend Big Ed's story, or Sleepy Pete, or Hansy Jones. It felt like somehow we'd all failed because we weren't a, a president, a prison lesbian, a Zac Efron, or a fish. But then Gavin had an idea to show the world that it was okay to be boring. It was okay to be the kind of guy that Hollywood tells you you shouldn't be. Today's story of loneliness, average Joes, and shitty movies. Stay with us. Bristol has close ties to the film industry. We have Ardman Animation knocking out blockbusters, and thanks to Bristol's Bad Film Club, which launched last year, we celebrate films that are notorious in their awfulness. They receive cult followings, and those nights show these films to rapturous audiences. But what about the rest? What about the other type of film? What the French call Très Putain Moyenne? Hey Justin, we're having some trouble translating what that means. Oh hey producer Sally, no don't don't you worry about that. How's the level sounding? Yeah, pretty good. We've got the studio for another half an hour or so. Cool, cool. And what are you up to after that? Oh, I might do a pub quiz actually. Want to come? A pub quiz? Yeah, so you have teams and you answer questions. Like in a pub, the winner gets like 20 quid and my local one if you balance a coin on a lemon and a pint glass. <laughs> You're funny, Sally. Thanks for the invite, but that sounds really fucking boring. Enjoy your pub quiz. Uh, Justin, equits don't work on the radio.
We're all crippled by FOMO. Fear of massive olives. Fend off my orgasm. Fried old mother's onion. Fluffy old monkey's orifice. Fixed on memory Olaf's. Fancy otters making oceans. Finicky old motherfucking Ohio. It's neither all these things or none of these things. It's the fear of missing out. Oh. The fear of missing out, or FOMO, is a social anxiety where someone is compulsively concerned with the fear of missing out. Sufferers are crippled by the idea that something wild and entertaining is happening without them, like a kitten-themed roller disco or a fireworks display where the fireworks are also a sheep-sharing festival with free champagne. But Gavin says these can be linked to the social constructs, those that have been built by Hollywood. Exactly. Hollywood has tried its hardest to turn us into thrill-seeking, life-saving, charitable, sexy hero-like figures. And that narrative is impossible to sustain. Movies make us believe that if we're going to make anything of ourselves, we need to be a hotshot lawyer, a clumsy woman working at a magazine, or a nondescript billionaire. I mean, take Iron Man, for example. Sure, being a super-rich, chauvinistic billionaire with an iron heart sounds cool, but the real-life equivalent is Bill Gates. And I don't see him shagging Gwyneth Paltrow, or Bromance in the Hulk. So average movies actually help us manage our expectations? Correct. Middle-of-the-road movies take us out of the moment and remind us success is a figment of somebody else's imagination. It's super okay to be middle-of-the-road, and that our jobs are no longer dead-end, but the start of a journey that can end with a healthy pension. Sure, you won't be doing anything cool like dying a hero under enemy gunfire, or kung fu fighting a robot nun, but you're also not going to die of hypothermia in your old age when you can't afford the heating because you've wasted seven years perfecting your elevator pitch. So what can we do about this? Well, that's why I've started up a new film night in Bristol, celebrating mediocrity, boredom, and realism in films. And I'm calling it the Association for the Preservation of Unappreciated Films. Or Aspuff. <laughs> that's my favourite Pokemon. Yeah, and mine. That's why it's called Aspuff. <laughs> So Gavin began to assemble his film night where he'd show people movies that would help manage their life expectations. Each event would take place at one of the 87 subway branches across the city. That's right. We figured there's nothing more nondescript than a subway. It also provides a location-based metaphor for the kind of plot holes that are being ignored by Hollywood. They have microwaves that toast bread in 15 seconds, but nobody knows how this is even possible. They never explain it. It's like in Back to the Future 3, when Doc builds a new time machine at the end. As we all know, his time machines needed plutonium to travel through time, which was where exactly in 1888? In his fucking dreams. That's where. Sitting next to the hoverboards and the cure for herpes. Man, I gotta get my hands on the cure. <laughs> Opening night, Gavin had found the perfect film. Have you ever seen Jerry? Jerry! It's a Gus Van Sant movie where Matt Damon and Ben Affleck's brother go into the desert. It's super realistic. One of them dies because they wandered into the desert without any food or water. You know what happens when you're an idiot? You die. It was also boring as shit. Yeah, it sits somewhere between other people's work stories and listening to someone talk about running the half marathon. But then... You've got to show respect to the achievement, right? Since the launch of his film night, 
Gavin has gained a few impressive fans. We spoke to the editor of Southwest's favorite low-alcohol film magazine, Teetotal Film. <clears throat> Calvin Rust, editor, what's your favorite film they've shown so far? Spanglish. The Adam Sandler movie? Right. Uh, the movie is a robust and realistic love story. How so? He talks to a woman and they fall in love. And when he says the line, your low self-esteem is just good common sense, it made sense. At least that's what I told my wife. And I haven't had to race across an airport to stop her moving to the other side of the world with the kids for some spurious reason since. Wish me luck. Go get her! Gavin again. We were thinking of having a whole John Favreau session over Christmas. We found him the perfect dampener for high expectations thanks to his mottled hair and wardrobe of shirts that somehow managed to be both bright pink and beige at the same time. Remember when he was in Almost Famous? No. Exactly. Nobody does. Right. What about Elf? Elf? The Wolf of Wall Street. No. What if I was to say he guest starred in an episode of The Sopranos? Oh man, I love that show. Well, he played himself. Beggars. Anyway, we had second thoughts when Chef came out. Why don't you come by again tonight? I got a whole new menu just for you, asshole. He put Scarlett Johansson in there as a love interest. Oh man, yeah, she's really beautiful. Exactly. It's just not realistic. Then we remembered that he was responsible for the Iron Man franchise and changed our minds entirely. Gavin, he seems like a nice guy, but there's something that doesn't quite add up. Will anyone want to actually watch these movies? I mean, come on. Let's find out. Stay with us. Okay, this episode is brought to you by Cryptix's Go-To-Eating Software, an all-in-one business management platform that lets employees order lunch straight from their desks. Too busy for a phone call? Use Cryptix's patented virtual conferencing software to talk directly with leading sandwich artists across the city. Want a little more tomato? No problem with Cryptix's go-to-eating. Justin, you selling ads on our show? Oh, hey Andy. No, of course not. Uh, we're just ordering lunch. Okay, alright. Well, um, let me know when the documentary's done and I'll, um, I'll take a look. Cheers. No worries. And you could too. Every day with our subscription-based model. Inside the software, you can set performance parameters and certain options can be turned off. If Jimmy in accounts isn't making the grade, then he'll have to go to Wimpy for lunch. That'll learn him. Some call us to just eat for local business, but with Cryptix's go-to-eating, your competitors will get a beating. Hey Justin, speaking of lunch, do you want to come sit in the park for a bit? It's a nice day. <laughs> the park? With the dogs? I'm not a dog, Sally. I'm a man, and I'm going to spend my lunch live-tweeting question time. It's now six months later, and Gavin's night has really taken off, as you can hear. We're here at the inaugural opening of the ASPUF Hall of Fame. Bristol City Council has agreed to the installation of a Star Walk, just like in Hollywood, where actors from average movies are being honored on the sidewalks of Park Street. Star of more average movies than anyone cares to remember? Sandra Bullock. When I look back over my entire career, you can see that a lot of my movies seemed fun at the time, but as soon as you left the movie theater, you never thought about them again. But now they are being shown. It seems that the Bristol public is sick of being told they're great. 
that they can do anything. These films, they may have been long forgotten. Films like The Faculty or the entire career of Aaron Eckhart. But they're finally being shown again. After being played just once. On a plane somewhere between Istanbul and somewhere just outside of Istanbul. When that person has realized that something better was on. Gavin is down the front. Ready to cut the ribbon of his first star. For Elijah Wood. You know, some movies were pretty hard to track down. We had to fight off raccoons in the archives of the 20th Century Fox. What? They'd started to use the tape to mummify their dead. <laughs> really? And the movie Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow? Remember when that was a thing? No. Well, we showed it last summer. We found the tape of it in the storage locker of Amsterdam's Central Train Station. Oh, I'd been there. It was stashed with a huge bag of heroin and a key to the city. So what does the general public think of Gavin's work in bringing light to mediocre and forgotten art? I went down into the crowd to see what people thought. I never realised that I could watch a film without being subjected to revelation. Last year it was a requirement to watch Gravity in the cinema in 3D. I couldn't bring myself to tell my friends that I only watched it on DVD and stopped halfway through because I got motion sickness, but now, well... I can relax with a meatball marinara sub and watch the first Hulk movie where Ed Norton just had to work with what he had. That's what I'm doing. That's my life. It seems that movie fans now have a place to go where they feel like they belong. And it's only getting more popular. I felt like Gavin was teaching me something too. Had I been spending too much time trying to be something more than what I needed to be? in the grand scheme of the world, and everyone in it, at this moment in time, on this earth, surrounded by everyone, at this time, this time, Gavin again. Next month we have a showing of Just My Luck, then we're hoping to do an Elijah Wood triple bill in the spring. And as for Gavin's social life? I've made so many great friends through this. I've even found myself a girlfriend. Oh yeah? Uh-huh. Her favourite film is... And I quote, anything with an aging Jim Belushi. What a catch. Obviously, I told her the aging was redundant. And then we had sex on the sofa while K-9 played in the background. But your idea is getting so popular. Do you think, well, I mean, it's almost making you not so average anymore. <laughs> You're becoming less like Kaz and more like Billy Elliot. What? Oh, my God. You're, You're right. <laughs> well, that's where Gavin's story ends. But as for me, on a cold winter's night in February, I finally got to watch The Faculty again. Justin? Oh, hey, Sally. How you doing? I'm good. Hey, so I was wondering... Yeah? Do you want to get a pizza with me sometime? I'd like to get to know you more, for some reason. Oh, I mean, what do you want to know? I grew up in the Nebraskan foothills. I love the taste of the pavement after it rains. I had a golden retriever called Sophie. My, my dad shot her. Oh. Oh, okay. Well, want to discuss this more of a pizza? You know, actually, that sounds perfect. Uh, where'd you want to go? Oh, I know. Uh, there's this great place that does stone-baked pizza, local chorizo, spiralized courgettes, balsamic glaze. Uh, I was thinking of something a little more average. Pizza Don't be ridiculous. They sell an ice cream factory, you know. How about Papa John's? That sounds... great. 
Thanks, Andy. Oh, okay, well, um, that looks like we're done. Thanks, Justin. That was moving. I hope Gavin's going to be all right. Well, that's our show. Thanks so much for listening. It was written by myself, Andy Price, Ellen Waddell, and Dan Izzard. It also featured Luke Sargent, Emmy Waddell, Susie Harvey, and Mike Haywood. Best Boy was The Gruffalo. Wardrobe was provided by The Sands of Time. Gaffer was Jim Broadbent. Uh, board games were provided by Jackson Pollock, while vital support was given to us by all the guys at TK Maxx. Thanks so much again for listening. If you enjoyed what you hear, please do give us a review on iTunes. It really helps to get us out there so we can be, keep making this because uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, so that's it for episode two of Bristopia. Cheers! Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.